When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today uh, we are coming to you on an earlier day than usual. That's right. It's a Monday uh, today because we have our very first midweek deadline of the campaign, Tuesday, December 5th, if you weren't already aware, just to make sure that doesn't catch you out. 6 p.m. UK time is that deadline, so get your team sorted by then. And of course, that means most of the things you usually tune into most weeks are coming up to you a day earlier. And here we are, Mark, meeting on a Monday, which is uh, not like us. We're normally uh, down for a bit of uh, a Tuesday hangout. But such as FPL and such as FPL at Christmas as well. This is the beginning of the big festive fun schedule. So how are you feeling? Yeah, good to see you again, David. It's always fun doing easy tweak. Uh, definitely one of my favourite hours of the week now. So um, it's it's strange doing it on a Monday. Monday morning, I usually have digested the game week for at least 24 hours before this. So uh, it'll be fun doing a, a live digest and <laughs> trying to figure out what to do before before Tuesday's deadline. I do I do enjoy these quick turnarounds. It's I, I probably do prefer having more time to make decisions, but you know, give us give us more games, give us midweek FPL action. Um, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, certainly getting straight back into the action is is really useful. And if you had a bad game week 14, uh, spoiler alert, I definitely did. Uh, an immediate turnaround is actually quite useful because it reduces that length of time where you're sort of you know mulling over your team with a bit of a negative emotion. So I actually really need the deadline to come nice and sooner for this one. Uh, and, it, and it just kind of helps build a little bit of excitement as well. Uh, Mondays, as you say, are, I mean, they're busy sometimes, uh, especially when we've got lots of content coming out because I mean, we have some big um, videos and, uh, and articles that come out on Monday days um, on scout but when we're also combining those with hey whoa we've got a deadline in in just over 24 hours it just kind of creates a bit of uh, extra buzz about the place so yeah it's a very exciting time uh, i think for most people and also a good taster of what the rest of the christmas period is going to be like because next week is going to be fine we're going to be back to a simple saturday saturday deadline 
Um, and so you can sort of ease back into normality for a little bit. And then the Christmas period is going to hit you very hard over the head with football, football, football. In the words of David Mitchell, it will never be finally decided who has won the football. Uh, and that is going to be uh, very much the case for pretty much every day of the festive period. So get ready for that. Although I can't promise that we're going to have the mighty titans of Ipswich or Charlton Athletic involved, unfortunately. Um, before we jump into what is uh, going on for our teams going into the Game Week 15 deadline as ever, another reminder to sign up for Fantasy Football Scout membership as well. Um, I usually say, hey, you've got another deadline coming up. You've got a few days to prepare. Well, you don't have a few days to prepare this time. You have basically one day. Uh, and so it's even more pressing than ever that you, if you haven't already signed up, you do it now. You can get a seven-day free trial, which would actually cover you basically for this deadline coming up and the next one. Uh, Praz on the most recent episode of Deadline Dilemmas as ever providing his helicopter view that the best time to sign up for a seven day free trial is when there's three deadlines in seven days uh, he's always thinking of long term strategy that man and yeah so it's a great great time because you'll be able to um, make decisions for two deadlines with uh, what you are looking at in the members area you can save 20% as well um, when you sign up uh, for one of the packages as well so do not forget uh, that but let's uh, you know, without further ado, jump into how Game Week 14 was. As uh, as we keep saying, we're running out of time for Game Week 15 already. So, Game Week 14 for yourself, Mark. How did you get on? Uh, where are you up to? Green Arrow um, or Red Arrow? What, what was the uh, what was the outcome for you? Yeah, good game week. Green Arrow went from 157k to 103k. I was actually refreshing LiveFPL.net on Sunday as many of us addicts do. And before Haaland got the late yellow card, I was looking at about 97K. So I was very close to being inside the top 100K. So I have uh, a certain referee to blame for not being there just yet, but we will be there soon, hopefully, and hopefully to you know, kick on now during December. Transfer-wise, it was the injured Eze left the team for Mbumo, which was always the plan to get Mbumo. The initial plan was Gordon to Mbumo, but then the Eze injury made that more straightforward and thankfully so because Gordon stayed in the team then for a 10-pointer. Youngman Son with a 10-pointer as well. All seven attackers delivered. Salah with five. Bumo with five. Captain Haaland for 14. Alvarez with five. Felt like that could have been a lot more. Hit the post. Created lots of chances. That was quite a frustrating watch as an Alvarez owner but good to get something. And kept Ollie Watkins. I resisted the temptation of a minus four for a Darwin. Um, just my style of play kind of I ended up holding on to Watkins I've only taken one hit all season so I was never going to take a minus four for Darwin and thankfully that one played out in my favour defence nothing as usual really Johnson with two Cash one Gabriel with two and Shimakis got the late assist so at least he got something uh, Jordan Byer on the bench with 11 points so it was a it was a funny weekend Byer got the 11 pointer so then I was thinking I hope Watkins doesn't play uh, or at least maybe even Matty Cash. So I seen Watkins was in the 11. I seen Cash was on the bench and I thought, right, come on, Unai Emery, do me a favor here. Give Cash the day off. But I knew <laughs> it was never going to happen. Uh, but thankfully, Watkins matched Bayer anyway. So overall, a good game week. And I'm certainly not going to complain. I never considered starting Bayer over Cash anyway. I knew there might have been a Cash bench and I thought it was a possibility after, you know, midweek and, and, and 45 minutes recently and stuff like that. But I was never going to start a Burnley defender, no matter the opposition. So overall, a good game week. And... Yeah, decisions to be made now ahead of midweek. Mm. I mean, once again, this is uh, just absolute proof in the pudding, right? Your patient style just continues to pay off because a couple of the major decisions have 
really kicked you on and helped you get into a really good place you know for example not um getting rid of gordon uh, as you mentioned um when a lot of people have done and he just continues to have appeal the watkins one is big as well that was a big decision for a lot of people on friday and i, th- I mean a lot of people will feel a bit frustrated they'll sort of feel like oh, if it wasn't for the sort of doubt that came around the deadline but there was certainly enough reason to hold and that that was the advice of a lot of people myself included on the q a so um keeping the faith and just trying to play as conservative an approach as possible um it's it's really working because you know um it, the thing is it seems really weird it feels like forever ago that we were talking about you sort of around two or three million in the first three or four game weeks and you know you weren't panicking because that's not really what you do but um people perhaps might look on and think hmm, what, what's his response going to be what's his knee-jerk reaction going to be and you just didn't have one and you just keep on playing that patient approach and it just continues to work because this team this week has, in effect, done so well because you didn't sort of like come out swinging um, rather with instead of coming out swinging with fists, with, with hits and transfers, etc. Uh, it's worked and it must feel good. Just yeah, continue confirmation that it works. It's always um, it's always the way I've played or at least it's always been the way I've, I've done, you know, had my best seasons is I, I often like standing still when other people are are, are moving. Um you know, I think, you know, patience, you can definitely get an edge by being patient because it's it's one of the hardest things to be in FPL. But, you know, I say that it's, I still go through the same emotions every Friday as other FPL managers, you know, impulsive thoughts of, of minus fours, you know, is Watkins going to play, you know, can Darwin or Isak, you know, outscore him over the next three game weeks, looking at the fixtures and they still could. I know Watkins has done well this week, but, you know, Darwin and Isak, I still think are good picks. And, you know, I, I need to mention as well that if I didn't have, let's say I didn't have the Eze injury, if I already had Mbumo, I probably would have been there, or at least there's a very good chance I would have been there with other people and selling Watkins because I think there was enough information that, you know, if you had, you know, two free transfers, for example, and you had no other issues to fight, it made sense looking at it to get a Darwin or an Isak. In particular, Darwin, I was very tempted by the fixtures. Um, you know, two big chances on another day, Watkins doesn't feature uh, and Darwin gets a goal or two. So it's it's easy to say now that it was a good decision to keep him. But those who did sell him, don't be don't beat yourself up because there was enough information before the game week that um, selling him was, was viable. Hmm. And difficult fixtures are coming as well. I mean, people were talking about what to do with Watkins even before that injury. So certainly it was, um, you know, potentially a viable way to go. Definitely some alternatives and it might pay off. We, we shall see. Uh, let's have a look at your game week 15 team. Of course, obviously showing there that Watkins does now face Man City at home. Um, talk us through uh, what your decisions are. You're yeah, a flush with flags again. So Bay Augusto Nakamba, so effectively no bench uh, really. And Gordon's got the yellow flag as well. Um, what are your plans here? I mean, in many ways, a lot of people are probably looking at their team this week and thinking, hmm, it's going to be hard to roll with this, even though we want to, because a lot of people have two Villa, um, two Man City away at Aston Villa. Almost feels a bit, I don't know, I feel a bit nervous about that. I don't, maybe you don't, but yeah, what's the, what's the thinking, what's the plans here with this team? As, as patient as I am, I, I don't think I'll be able to roll a transfer this week. I, <laughs> I think when it gets into December, if you can roll as often as possible, great. But it's it's difficult because there's plenty of injuries and stuff to deal with and, you know, fixture swings and all that kind of stuff. I've certainly ruled out, uh, straight away, ruled out the bench boost this week. <laughs> three three red flags and, and Turner on the bench. So that is an issue. I'm playing with 11, just about hanging on. Um, the team, for the most part, is okay. You know, Johnson's got a good fixture against Bournemouth. Gabriel and Shimakis are fine as long as Shimakis plays. Mbumo's son, Gordon Salah. As long as there's nothing to the Gordon injury and 
what I've seen so far, I'm not really concerned about that. I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll be okay. And I like that he's playing his former team as well. I always think that just adds a little bit extra. Um, and then up front, Hal and Alvarez are fine. Alvarez, always maybe a slight rotation concern at this time of year, but Doku looks to be injured, possibly. Grealish is suspended. So I think that increases his minutes potential for midweek. And Watkins, even though it's a difficult fixture, for me, he's a, you keep him and you play him in every game anyway. And Villa are having a very good season. So that's fine. The issues are, I don't want to play cash against Man City and I don't have any options on the bench. So it's either sell cash for someone like Pedro Porro or Saliba or Zinchenko. But what I'm also thinking is maybe I just bench cash. Given that I don't have any defenders, given that I don't have any options on the bench, maybe it makes more sense to sell Augusto for maybe a Newcastle defender, uh, Lascelles or Libramento. And then at least I've got cash, even if it's a one-pointer or a two-pointer, if I need an auto-sub. I don't like getting absolutely nothing from the bench. And, you know, I'm thinking there was a season where I missed out in top 10K by one point. And that's kind of in my mind here. If I if I got one point or two points from cash against Man City, it's a lot better than getting zero. And it could, it could make the difference come the end of the season in many leagues and stuff like that. So I think I'm probably leaning towards that, benching cash, selling Gusto, finally improving, you know, the 12th man. Uh, and then it's a decision between La Celles or Livramento, which I don't think is a straightforward one. I can't afford maybe a Colwell from Chelsea as well for their good fixtures, but shorter term, next one or two weeks, I don't like their clean sheet prospects. So Cash, the plan was to sell him, but given the current situation of the bench, I think it might make more sense just to keep him, bench him for the next two. And you know, if I don't wildcard until after game week 18, as you mentioned on previous videos, you know, Cash could be useful in game week 18 with a good fixture. Um, so interested to hear your thoughts on on that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see from my team in a minute that um, yeah, improving the bench is probably going to be the way to go. Like Cash will probably start the Man City game because uh, he always had his rest now, um, and this is more important. It's a home game against the defending champions, so they're going to want to start him. So you don't have to worry about the starts. You maybe have to worry about goals conceded, but Villa are quite good at Villa Park, so I, I don't think Man City come and come along and smash them, for example. So. I would be expecting maybe a one or two points out of him. Um, or if you get lucky, maybe like a five. But you don't really want to rely too much on that. Either way, bottom line is you don't want to sell someone like that if you can upgrade Gusto and, um, or, or Bayer. For me, it's uh, Stupinan and, and Van de Ven, for example. Same boat. I know neither of them can play this week. Um, Van de Ven has been <laughs> on my team for so long. And so is a Stupinan. So it's, it's, it makes more sense to get rid of one, rid of, one of them. Um, to be honest but I completely share your anguish in terms of like who is the replacement it's very tricky I was just having a look at the season ticker Wolves are currently top of the season ticker for the next four in terms of defensive ease of schedule um, and uh, handily enough the next four takes you into game week 18 if you're still looking for that 19 wild card, which is what we're both looking at uh, Burnley at home Forest at home it's not bad I guess but can we trust Wolves defence probably not um, people tried it with eight Nori and then he came off injured uh, for example uh, Newcastle also up there it's Everton this week which isn't too bad but then it spurs the week after that Fulham and then Luton and um, well there is another asset in the Newcastle defence who we will talk about later but it's probably going to be hard to fit him into our teams um, and, and also I suppose the question is will Newcastle defence suffer without Pope um, you know so yeah well we'll talk about that later but yeah so then there's a, kind of that question mark there as you said it's not straightforward um just, I really wish that we were in a time and space in FPL where there was a standout defender, and I, I actually don't think there is one. I mean, arguably the 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 must have one is kind of like Shimakas, because he's like 
the only one who's a reg- relatively regular starter in a top six defence that can keep clean sheets that also has some good fixtures. Um, I suppose Arsenal as well, but as we saw at the weekend, they will still not keep clean sheets even when you expect them to. So, oh, it's rubbish. I suppose, I mean, I guess putting it back back to uh, yourself um, from something advice you gave me a couple of weeks ago, which was really helpful. In the week when I needed a new defender because I didn't want to start someone, um, and I turned around and said, all oh, the defenders suck this week. You were like, well, if they all suck, why don't you just not sign someone? You know, if the transfer is going to take you from someone who gets you like three points to get you five points versus really chasing upside in the attacking slots. Maybe that's a more be- that's a better use of your transfer. And funnily enough, that actually worked because that week I ended up having to start Shimmercast and he got 15 points. So um, is, has that crossed your mind at all? That, um, that if there aren't very many good ad- uh, alternatives to cash uh, in terms of a starter, just start him, you know, play with 10. And that has worked in some of the game weeks me and you have had. And maybe roll, which allows you to do something more effective next week or maybe swap someone in the attacking positions for better upside this week. So effectively, I've cornered you here, Mark. I'm, I'm putting your own advice back to you and wondering if it works for your own team as well. Yeah, it's, and it's good to be questioned on it because I hadn't really considered rolling at all yet until this point, until you've mentioned it. And it's something I will chew on probably for the next 24 hours before the deadline. But I just feel... I just feel like when when there's a transfer available, when the bench is so bad, and when it's a midweek, you know, game week, in, you know, with a three game weeks in the space of a week, there's going to be there's going to be rotation, and and there could be there could be zero minutes for somebody in my starting eleven. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't see myself rolling. I think I think my I think my squad is too weak to roll, um, and I really don't want to play cash. I, I do think it's 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 most likely a one pointer. Um, if you're lucky, you get a two-pointer. Um, yeah, I, I never really want to play a defender against Manchester City. So, but then again, you look at the you look at the options to bring in, and you know, there's no perfect replacement with perfect fixtures. I do like Poro for the for the attacking potential. He's probably the one I'd go for if I did sell cash. But again, I come back to it. Part of my thinking here is I had a good game week, but I was still hurt by probably two players, Saka. And Trippier, you know, highly owned, really good picks that I don't own. And one way to counteract the Trippier pain in terms of overall rank, if he does well with a clean sheet, is just to get a just get some Newcastle defensive coverage. And not just that, a lot of people already have a Fabian share, maybe if they wildcarded earlier. A lot of people have picked up Lascelles recently. And a lot of people are probably going to pick up Dubravka now as well. So I'm quite exposed to the to the Newcastle clean sheets. And that's why I quite like just getting a Libramento or a Lascelles because at least then if Newcastle do perform well and if Trippier you know performs well, I've got a bit of insurance. At least I'm kind of fighting back against the Trippier owners a bit. So that's where my thinking's at with a with a Newcastle defensive pick, and I think that's most likely what I'm going to end up doing. I just need to decide if it's Lascelles or Libramento. Yeah, I do think uh, the fact that you don't actually have a 12th man is what um, makes. Uh, the, the difference between your team as it is now and my team as it was, I think it was two or three game weeks ago when I was bemoaning the lack of defensive alternatives. Back then, at the very least, I did have a 12th man. It's just the 12th man was also terrible. Um, <laughs> you don't have one. So that I think that is a difference. So it does certainly make um, a lot of sense. Um, but let's uh, let's put my team on the screen now. Let's have a bit of a laugh at this one because, yeah, unfortunately, things have uh, the, the, <laughs> the wheels have come off. Uh, I was at the wheel, uh, and much like what happened with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the, yeah, the wheels have come off. So uh, for the first time ever this season, I think it is, Mark has now overtaken me. Um, so he's at 103k. I've dropped 
hugely this week down to 244k and uh, the, the the funny thing is it was literally last week when i said i think i would turn around and say as long as i can stay in the top 250k i won't play the wild card and now i'm like teetering on the very edge in a way i really wasn't expecting so it was just 49 points and yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't actually able to pay too much attention to the games as they happened this week. I'm sort of still sort of catching up on them now. But I know the main headlines in terms of what happened in my team. So Johnston and Anderson, once again, Crystal Palace a clean sheet not coming through. Although I wasn't really expecting it necessarily against West Ham. Um, I was starting both purely out of obligation because the stupid Anna van der Ven still an issue for me to solve. Uh, Cash and Simicast got me five points between them. Saka got me eight. Diaby got me four and obviously didn't start the game. So I had both Cash and Diaby not start on Sunday, which was um, quite... Quite damaging and Burma I brought in for Eze um, just to five points obviously a bit disappointed at how that went um, Archer I in the end started over Bowen uh, which cost me one point because <laughs> Bowen started and got two and stayed on my bench um, and then yeah Han and Alvarez seven and five points between them and oh, it's really frustrating because I was fl- flickering between Salah and Haaland uh, on the deadline and in the end settled on Salah uh, because I felt that there was a greater opportunity there um, for point scoring in terms of I felt that more people would captain hard and I felt they would be kind of in the same ballpark in terms of the points, which in the end they kind of were because Haaland got seven, Salah got five, but of course, you know, that's cost me uh, just a few points. And I, I, it's basically in a couple of 50-50s, I've been costed a few points. I, like you, am exposed to the Newcastle defence, so them getting a clean sheet didn't really help. Son getting 10 points also didn't help me either. So, And Gordon is becoming increasingly well-owned. 10 points for him didn't help me either. So a lot of things went against me uh, in a week where um, I was expecting a red arrow uh, because, as we've talked about a lot this season, I, I felt that that was another game week where I would go in and I would and I would just kind of take the medicine so that I can eventually time the wild card better for example or time some hits or something like that but oh it's testing my patience because as i said i'm now teetering on the edge of of things um so yeah that's what my team looks like at the moment i think my my alternatives for for this week for because i think i'm going to have to solve my defensive problems i'll just put my bus team on the screen so it's johnston anderson shimikas cash uh saka diaby and burmo salah bowen and then Haaland and Alvarez at front with uh, Archer on the bench. But it's a, it is a 12th man, yes. But it's at home against Liverpool. And from what we're hearing, like Sheffield United might be short of a manager by the time they play this game. So, and Archer's been so disappointing against two of the worst defences this year. I've got nothing out of him. So, in effect, I don't have a 12th man as far as I'm concerned. So, I think it's defence where I've got to fix. Um, that seems to be the danger area for me now. Because it is the fact that Stupin and Van der Ven are just... They they are sucking the life out of my team. I, I need to I need to sort it. Uh, really, I don't know if you feel that's what I got to do as well. Yeah, like me, it's it's not very exciting at this time of year. You know, we want shiny new toys at Christmas, but we need to <laughs> actually buy some probably pretty boring defenders socks, right? So what are you, <laughs> without yeah, holes in. <laughs> yeah. are you, you think are you thinking of losing? Van de Ven or Stupin, and then that probably makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah. I think I I, I need to double check what the um, prognosis is on them both. I would rather sell the one who's out for longer. Um, yeah. Obviously, Stupin and would unlock me with some more options. Um, although, actually, I should probably double check if he's actually still like a decent price. I, I can sell him for five million because I think he went up and he's come back down again. But I think basically everyone's got rid of him. I think me and his parents and his dog are the only people who still own him. So I'm probably not going to lose value. But obviously, I can sell him for five. I can sell Van de Ven for four point five. So it really just depends who my replacements are. But without wanting to rehash kind of like everything we've already discussed, I obviously have the same issue as yourself in that who is the replacement? Um, you know, um, would I roll the transfer? I mean, I think my team is technically more rollable than yours because at the very least I have Archer. So I do have a 12th man. 
Um, and I have fewer concerns about starting risks this week because Bowen, I think, is is back. Um, Cash, we, we've, as we've already discussed, I think definitely starts the game. So whether or not, I, I don't think I'll need to call on Archer um, necessarily, unless I want to because of this sort of cash thing. Um, I might just have a look at 18 and just pick someone from that game week and just sort of stay the course. I think that's that's the only thing is like things aren't going the way I want the last two game weeks. But yeah, I just, I don't know. Part, part of me doesn't want to react. I, part of me just wants to sort of... Um, ignore everything going on around me in terms of the rank and just focus on the plan and then just see what happens, you know? Um, yeah, you, you mentioned Game Week 18 there uh, when we're thinking about new defenders. New, Newcastle do have Luton, I think it is, they in do. Game Week 18. But the issue is we need to, if you know, Lascelles, for example, we need him to still be in the team by the time we get to Game Week 18. There's always that slight worry that Botman's going to come back. But I think what we're hearing and what we're seeing, it could be, it could, who knows when we're going to see Botman. So I think Lascelles, I always say he's not a problem until he becomes a problem. And he's been playing well. He's been actually quite a, you know, a threat in the box as well, uh, more so than he was in the past. Uh, Livermento's playing well. So I think Newcastle ticked that box that it gets you a pick from a very good defensive team who have a good fixture in blank game week 18 as well. Uh, and it obviously fights against the trippier owners and stuff like that. So yeah, I think, I think they probably are the, are the best options if you're, you know, 4.5 and below that is because obviously there's a few more, more exciting picks at a bit, a bit, a bit pricier. It's funny too. I'm looking at, looking at our, I'm comparing our teams. We're probably in a situation where I own son. I'm feeling great about it. You probably want them. And you own Saka. You feel great about it. <laughs> and I want him, but yeah. neither of us are probably going to, get either player am i right in saying oh yeah i have i've got absolutely no room in my plans to consider that transfer unfortunately because i've just got too many other things to deal with but also i'm not unhappy with my my midfielders uh i'm it, it does at the very least feel somewhat refreshing that i don't have a ton of midfield flags anymore because last couple of weeks i've had to fight um the fires in the form of matoma and then bowen and then Eze and then bowen again um it's nice to just look at that lineup and think I'm happy with that. Cause I mean, even DRB against city, he's definitely going to start. Um, I know a lot of people would be, I mean, well, if you're sat here right now and your defense is like squeaky clean and you're absolutely ready to go, then DRB to Gordon, like that's a great move. Uh, as long as he's fit, for example, um, I don't have that luxury, but I'm not unhappy having to start him because I think that that's a game where DRB can do something for pretty much the same reason where you're fairly happy holding Watkins. Right. So, um, that starting risk is, is out of the way now. So I think they're both, their expected minutes is pretty much the same for this game. Um, yeah. So I'm I happy got, with my I'm midfield. Saying, yeah. I, exactly. I, I, I'm happy with my front seven. You know, they all delivered at the weekend. So how do you, how do you fit Saka in when you've got a seven picks that are performing well? It's, it's very hard, you know, financially as well. And when you've got other fires to fight, I've, I've kind of just made peace with the fact now that Saka is probably not going to be in my team for a while. Uh, maybe until a wild card, unless there's an injury to someone like Son or Salah. So it's it's that it's that old thing. You can't have every player. You trust your troops, and, and you know, yes, Sack is delivering. He's taken along quite nicely, and he he did hurt the rank a bit at the weekend, but you know, still came out with a 50k green arrow. So you know, you don't you don't need every good pick. I seen someone tweeting this week who hasn't owned Haaland all season, and I'm pretty sure they're oh, wow. top 30k, top 40k. So a lot of different ways to play this game. If you get your if you get your picks right, then you know, there's you know, no players essential really when you when you look at it that way. Yeah, there's there's always a way. There's a, a saying that Tom Freeman's quite keen on. Um, oh, I should just apologise to everybody. I've realised we're recording on Monday, right? And in in Plymouth on Monday, the air raid siren sounds. Don't worry, nobody's invading. I just live near the dockyard where they make nuclear submarines, and they have to test it at eleven thirty every Monday. 
you should be scared if you hear it and it's not 11.30 on a Monday. Um, it's entirely possible that I might go back and remove this from the clip unless it comes across in a way that's semi-entertaining and humanises the situation. But it does go on for quite some time, so I might have to pause the recording and then we'll come back in when it's finished. I'm so sorry, I forgot about this. So on listening to that back, uh, we've decided that was actually quite funny. So uh, yeah, that's going to stay in, guys. Um, and yeah, we'll just try and make sure the next time there's a Tuesday deadline, maybe we won't record around 11.30 in Plymouth because it's a little bit off-putting. Hopefully I didn't scare you too much with the sound of uh, World War II ringing in your ears there, Mark. No, that's that's right up my street as a as a general. I was just thinking when I heard that siren going off, we sh- we should all have something like that in our houses, you know, thirty minutes before F- <laughs> each FPL deadline, just to just to warn us of the impending deadline. Oh well, if the FPL deadline was twelve noon on a Monday in Plymouth every week, then you'd be oh, spot on. Be very very helpful. So, yeah, um, the message to anyone recording FPL content in Plymouth: just check which day and time it is uh, for the future, and you should uh, shouldn't go too far wrong. What I what I was trying to say was that Tom Freeman, of course, uh, deputy editor of the site, uh, finished in the top one uh, uh, K like five times, crazy numbers there, and of course, obviously does goals in a minute with Joe. Um, he always says there's always a way. You know, it's a little bit like Jurassic Park. Life finds a way with every team. There's always a solution that can get you to something that's fieldable, going to do well, and the the idea behind that is that uh, that's for any team. As long as you're sort of relatively engaged. My mate showed me his team this week and his team is in... It won't work for him because his team's doing terrible. But for most people, it, you're always going to find a solution. It's going to be different for each team. My solution to this week and your solution to this week, actually, funnily enough, is probably going to be the same solution because probably by the sounds of we're going to get a Newcastle defender. But in terms of that midfield dilemma, my solution is to not go for Son right now. Your solution is to not go for Saka. And I actually think that's probably going to be... When, that isn't what's going to separate our two teams this week, I don't think. Nah, like I said, and it's funny you mentioned Tom's line there. I, I It must be four or five, six years ago, I remember him. It must have been the Meet the Manager series where he mentioned that line. There's always a solution, and I've used that so many times. Or if I'm in a scenario where I've got the fear of missing out on a player or I miss a player by 0.1 because of a price rise midweek, I just think of Tom's line. There's a, there's always a solution, and there, and there always is. And sometimes the option B can be turn out to be better than option A, so... Don't don't panic if you're missing out on targets. Absolutely, yeah. What has happened with with me a lot of the season? Option option B, which feels like you're almost standing still, has ended up rewarding me with points this season. So the, when those things come off, it helps just kind of embolden you to sort of be um, yeah a little bit more patient with all those things in the future. So yeah, it's uh, it's very 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 good in terms of people's solutions at the moment. Goalkeepers have been an issue, and so it could be that a lot of people's solution to the goalkeeping problem has been presented to us already. Um, and so here he is on the screen, Martin Dubravka. So let's uh, head into order number one. Yeah, order number one this week is don't pass up the gift that is Martin Dubravka. So we often talk about, again, famous FPL lines, Josh from the Always Cheating podcast, when FPL throws you a bone, you take that bone, you grab it with both hands and you chew on it all day long. Or in this case, hopefully we'll be chewing on it for a few months. Never nice to see a player get injured. Hopefully Nick Pope makes a speedy recovery, but it does present an opportunity to FPL managers now. Maybe it solves the goalkeeper issue this season. Ariola has been a disaster. Johnston hasn't been great for me recently and there's not too many others. You know, Flecken's had a disappointing campaign. Dubravka 3.9, we're talking about buying a piece of the Newcastle defence this week and managers unlike me and you who maybe don't have other issues to fight if their defences are fine if they don't have any flags in attack could make a switch to Dubravka now short term Everton away Spurs away I don't love that 
but you're buying a 3.9 million goalkeeper who will rise in price over the coming weeks as people flock to him. So, yeah, it's a gift. I don't think it's one to overthink. A very good team defensively. Dubravka has been a good FPL goalkeeper in the past as well. This is not obviously it's a downgrade because he's number two at Newcastle, but he's a very competent goalkeeper, and I expect him to do well. I'm eyeing up maybe around game week 17, Fulham, Luton, Nottingham Forest. They do play Liverpool and City after that, but this is a long-term pick, and people could even look at a rotation. I think he rotates with Ariola quite well fixture-wise, so you get out of having to start Ariola every week. So yeah. Very, very good option, especially for people like me, maybe yourself as well, who haven't wildcarded yet. You know, our team values are probably lower than most others. I I built a wildcard draft last week and I was struggling a bit financially, but straight away, if you take out a 4.5, 4.6 goalkeeper and you put in a 3.9 instead, it, it fixes a lot of problems and it could allow you to go for a pick that you couldn't afford this time last week on a wildcard. So yeah, very, very interesting option. And I'm sure he's going to be popular. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you you said it best there when you said it's not really one to overthink because already there have been discussions around, you know, is it a downgrade on Pope? Which, I mean, I think uh, no disrespect to Dubravka, it's more the fact that Pope is just so good. I mean, I've I've been a huge fan of Pope since he came into the Premier League. And I was thinking just when I was sort of kind of um, looking at, you know, him and and just sort of researching your injury and sort of pondering on his career at large. I'm really just pleased for him that he has got to the stage where he's like a Champions League goalkeeper now because he totally deserves that. So it is a downgrade, but it's just how much of one. And I suppose, I guess the question is, well, you're only paying 3.9, right? So in, in many ways, perhaps you can even maybe temper your expectations in terms of what you get out of him because the value should be there. A clean sheet out of a 3.9 versus having Pope and getting a clean sheet there. Both of those things are totally different uh, prospects for an FPL team, aren't they? Yeah, and, and just thinking about it, you know, if, you, if you've been an Areola owner, which, you know, most engaged managers have been this season, you're not going to get any less points than you're getting currently from Areola and you're going to get them cheaper. So the one caveat here is you need to be careful if... If you own two Newcastle players already, for example, you know, if you have Lascelles and Gordon, let's say, and you bring in Dubravka, you know, you're blocking Trippier, you're blocking Isak, you've got to be, you've got to be careful. And it's an easy trap to fall into. You think, right, there's a gift, I'm going to take it. Then you're tripled up and you're right, thinking, right, I can't get Trippier now. I've I've made a I've made a mistake here, or I've made it difficult for myself. So easier for me, I've only got one Newcastle player at the moment, but then I'm talking about getting a Lascelles or a Liveramento. And if I go ahead with that move, it's going to, and you know, maybe this will play into my transfer plans this week. Maybe it will push me away from Lascelles and Liveramento. If I want to do Johnston or Turner to do Bravka around game week 17, I want to leave, I might want to leave the door open for Trippier as well. Maybe Isak. So, it's 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 a good reminder to myself as well. We need to be careful with Dubravka because most people have maybe one or two Newcastle already, and there's a lot of good picks in that team. You know who knows? An Almiron could emerge. You know when Callum Wilson's back, he could be a he could be a must-have. So if you're in particular, if you're already on two, or you're planning to get a second Newcastle player this week who's not Dubravka, just keep that in mind. The funny thing is, we've we've sort of agreed at the beginning of this segment. Don't overthink this. And the more I think about it. I think I think I'm overthinking it, man. Um, but as in yeah. in a way that maybe maybe is like actually solid strategy because now people are fed up of hearing me talk about blank game week 18. But I almost don't care that people are fed up of me talking about it because once again we have to talk about it here because 
game week 18 feels like a triple up opportunity for Newcastle. So, you, you know, so just sort of echoing what you've said there, it, that game week especially, because we are not going to have Haaland playing. We're not going to have Alvarez playing. We're not going to have Mbermo playing, right? So transfers for Gordon are going to be sky high. Uh, you are going to maybe look at the forward options and think, well, I've already got Watkins um, and I don't want Darwin uh, or Jesus or Nketiah because they're playing each other. Who's the next best forward to really lean into this game? Well, it's probably Isak or Wilson, if you can predict which one's going to start. Trippier is going to be so widely owned this, that week because the free hits are going to get deployed quite extensively, I think, um, by people who haven't sort of like planned properly, which, you know, that happens every year when these things happen. Um, my dad is one of those people. We'll talk about him soon. He's got, well, he already has Trippier, I should say. But yeah, so you're going to want Trippier. That, that's your triple up, probably, right? Um, and so, yeah, you might find yourself unable to match the optimal triple up for that game week specifically in a game week where you almost are going to be even more of a need to have it, not just because it's good that week, but because Haaland doesn't play, Alvarez doesn't play, neither does Burmo. And if you're going to kind of swap in, swap out, which is probably what we're going to do, we're going to probably dead in, we're planning to dead end into 18. So Haaland, Alvarez and Burmo are easy sells for us in 18 because we don't have much value tied up in them. So we can get straight back if we want them. So yeah, here we go. We said don't overthink Dubravka and we managed to do it. But I think valid points though on both sides, to be honest. Yeah. Do you know what? Sometimes overthinking an FPL is good because <laughs> the more, the more, like you, the more I think about this, and I'm sure a lot of managers will 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 kind of go through this with the Dubravka thought process in the next 24 hours. They think first of all, great, but then they look at it, they think ahead a bit, they look at game week 18. Am I? Do I want to? You know, my team, for example, do I want to leave the door open for Alvarez to Isak or Wilson? Yes, I probably do. You know, especially when you name out them fixtures there with you know Liverpool and Arsenal playing each other and stuff like that. So it's it's one where maybe if you're you know straight away dead set and getting them this week and you don't have any other issues and you've got one free transfer, maybe you just hold fire. You stick with whoever you have, a Johnston and Ariola, whoever it is this week. Because like I said, the, the Dubravka fixtures, I don't love them for the next two anyway. It's around game like 17 where it gets quite good. So maybe you just buy yourself a bit more time, better thinking time in terms of what you want to do with Newcastle assets overall for game week 18. Because like you said, Trippier, Gordon and Isak, if Wilson's still injured at that point, which he probably won't be, it sounds like he might actually be training soon or, or could even be back in training. But whoever of those looks like starting against Luton, they're going to be attractive. So... Yeah, I was, and I, I, this is talking from experience, I, I I locked myself out of Almiron last season. Last season or season before, the one where he went on a roll, he scored you know five, six, seven goals in a short space of time, and I couldn't get there because I was, I think I had triple defence. So, yeah, just be cautious about Dubravka. <laughs> Maybe the, the order was, do <laughs> yes. not pass up the gift. Do not pass up the gift that is Martin Dubravka. I'm going to rewrite the order. Be cautious about buying Martin Dubravka. <laughs> I mean, in a way, that is kind of, that's just testament to the fact that it's a quick turnaround. Like We're kind of almost like yeah. planning the pod whilst doing it because we have hardly any time to think about these things because it's one of those things where, I mean, it's again, like you always talk about emotions in FPL. They seize you on the days when the games are and then as time sort of like, you know, passes, they dissipate in some way. And a lot of the time, those are negative ones. Oh, I had a bad game week, so I must react in some way. When you get 
these are situations where you get a very cheap person who looks like they've got fantastic appeal. You know, the, the, uh, the extreme emotion that surfaces is one of excitement and one of sort of opportunity. Um, and then, of course, as time progresses, you maybe start to think about it a little bit more objectively. And unfortunately, because of the schedule, what we're actually witnessing is that passage of emotion happen in literal real time <laughs> and so we've like rewritten the order but i mean again that's just kind of testament to the schedule as it currently is and i mean, I mean if i'm honest even before this discussion my view on him was i can't get to him this week so he's a he's not a now opportunity he's i mean you mentioned game week 17 as an opportunity so i think if you've got fires he's a let's, let's wait and see and you never know in the time it takes for us to get to 17 the Newcastle injury situation may have fluctuated in such a way that he does become a much more viable part of a triple up depending on who isn't isn't available so yeah <laughs> we got there in the end we exactly. managed to get through the section <laughs> this is a good example of why I like having a week to make FPL decisions not not two day two days you're getting the, the real time thought process here so uh, I went from the start of the stream thinking Dubravka's in no-brainer to now thinking I might actually never buy him myself. So <laughs> we'll see how that develops over the next few weeks. Oh, it's incredible stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if anything, it's better value for the listener. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll, absolutely, uh, we'll absolutely take that. Speaking of value for the listener, the request for us to monetize my dad um, is insane. I've had so many comments on videos on one where it's like, we need merch. We need a, we need a Christmas special with him on. Um, it's it's wow. I mean, it's I'd never expected it. So let's check in on how his team's getting on. Um, I'll just send it to Mark as well, so we can catch his immediate reaction. I never like to spoil it for him beforehand. Um, he does have Trippier, a uh, fifty-seven point game week. I mean, there's actually not too much to write home about from his team this week, um, other than we have ourselves a new person in the obscure defender slot. Uh, he has sold Nathan Collins, as we mentioned. He's got an injury. It's Joel Matip, uh, which didn't come off, just one point. But he just he loves that slot. It's always someone obscure, always someone obscure. So, <laughs> would you have it's, predicted uh, it to be him? Never. It's always such a nice <laughs> surprise with your dad, isn't it? It's. It's, it's almost like he goes out of his way to pick someone that we would never, <laughs> ever guess. Am I, I I haven't, again, caught up on everything so far over the weekend, but I think he might have picked up an injury. So oh, no. that could be good if that's true, because we're going to get another surprise next week, probably. Oh, no. He'll probably sell Matt up for somebody else. So. The merry-go-round. But overall, the team's... Um, for a casual manager, and maybe that's even harsh calling him a casual manager. <laughs> I know he's in a very important mini-league, but overall, the team's, the team's not looking too bad. He's... He's obviously got Ben White problems recently with with the benchings and and Zuma missed out, so yeah, no. Matt, if Matt is injured, Zuma hasn't played and Dunk is suspended, we get to continue the the exciting <laughs> roller coaster of which cheap defender is David Dye going to buy next? Oh yeah, we should. But maybe that's what the T-shirt should be. We should get a T-shirt with like you know those ones that have the list of names. Uh, it's always like four names. If like if it's Star Wars, it would say like Han Solo, Leia. 3PO and R2D2 would be the names. We can get one that's like Tim Ream, um, Nathan Collins, Joel Matip, and whoever's next. People in the people in the YouTube chat, please please make your prediction on who <laughs> David's dad's next cheap defender is going to be, and we'll, we'll see who gets it right. Oh yeah, be be brilliant. And 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 just just to clarify, I haven't told him that he needs to do this. Like we we literally do not talk about it at all. We we don't talk about it at all. I'm probably I'm going to see him obviously over Christmas. Um and I will of course pass on that he has become very popular and and the look on his face is going to be very very sweet because he uh he it will come as a big surprise to him. But yeah, unfortunately, um life in the church league um is still a bit of a slog again. He was the leader. Uh he has he dropped down to fourth place. I think it was last game we called the one before where it was particularly bad. Um 57 is actually not bad for that league this week. He also beat me, so he'll be very pleased at that one that he had a son who went on to become a content creator 
Australia and then he beat him in FPL this week. He'll be very pleased with that one. Um, the guy currently top of the Church League had a fantastic week. Um, I haven't actually checked if that person had Jesus, but um, yeah, he's got a little bit of work to do. He's about 40 points off the top now. The guy who's top of the league has had some incredible successes. Um, Ariola, Shimikas, Gabriel. Well, there's a Gabriel in there, an angel, if you will. Uh, Taylor, Salah, Foden, Joe Linton, Gordon, Alvarez, Watkins and Harland. So only really one church joke we can make in there, but um, it's more than my dad has to offer. So maybe he just needs to atone for his sins and sign a Gabriel or a Jesus this week. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, and just when we're on the subject of the family mini leagues, there's people are probably wondering what's going on with Sonny Soldiers. Last week or two weeks ago, uh, forgot to make the transfers. So there was... A lot of red flags. No screenshot, but I the the team actually wildcarded going into game week, game week fourteen. So made a couple of exceptions. Uh, Anderson, who people have been kind of pining for for a while to to break the rule. Uh, Anderson came in from Crystal Palace. A few others, Hudson Adoy, but again just a one pointer. Captain Son did well with twenty. Odson Edward continues to perform well for this team, but it's it's struggling. hasn't hasn't got a victory against me in quite a while now. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll check in with them over Christmas if there's if there's any significant game weeks for for Sunday Soldiers. Yeah, we should we should definitely we'll bring you an update on him in terms of we'll get a screenshot and go through the players definitely next week. And I've realised there's one thing we've not talked about um, which we've had a few people get in touch on um, because it's been so busy with the, the deadlines we've had and things like that um, is that um, we've had some fantastic help from people who've helped us um, use other languages to use the word son in a different language that doesn't actually look like the word son in English. And so then it means that even though you look at that name and think, hmm, uh, that's not son, it actually technically is for that language. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. We'll bring you the full list next time, but it's things like McAllister, uh, for example. Like technically that counts because Mac means like of that person. So like McAllister is the son of Alistair, although obviously he's Argentinian, but you guys get the the drift. Um, so we, 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 there's been a lot of work that's gone into that, not just from yourself, but from the community as well. So thank you to those of you who got in touch with that list. Blew my mind, but um, yeah, we we obviously very flattered that you guys would spend all that time trying to help us find new uh, recruits yeah. for Sunny Soldiers. And thanks in particular to the person, uh, apologies, I forget who it was the, of the, the name of the person, but sent me a spreadsheet document. A spreadsheet, of- wow. Player, Premier League players with not just their first name and last name, but their middle names as well. So we <laughs> unearthed a few gems like Victor Nielsen Lindelof and a few of those. Ah. So thank you. Thank you to that person. It was uh, it made my day seeing that spreadsheet come through. Wow. I mean, that's just peak FPL, isn't it? Not only is the game played on, on a spreadsheet, so so are the sideshows on, on the content great as uh, bits of videos and things. Oh, wow. I love that. That's, that's de- definitely somebody doing some ultimate procrastination at work when they're supposed <laughs> yeah. to be doing something very, very important. Yeah, probably like Christmas shopping or something. Their, their kid's going to open, well, hopefully, some Fantasy Football Scout merch on Christmas Day um, <laughs> to keep it on brand. Um, but yeah, incredible stuff. So if you've got, as I said, any other suggestions for that team, always let us know and we'll go through that list. We'll go through that list next time because it it's actually just super entertaining to be like, wow, that's incredible. That guy's name actually basically just means Anderson, but in like Icelandic or whatever. So yeah. Incredible stuff. So, yeah, more on that next time. Now, let's move on to the second order, uh, which um, is another sort of order based around um, being careful, right? We've got um, a lot of focus on the upcoming matches, but as is often the case with our personal lives, we all focus on Christmas, but January always looms large. And what's looming large over the Premier League in January this year is actually a surprising number of international tournaments that might affect our teams. So, take us away with order number two. Order number two is. Be careful buying 
Asian Cup and African Cup of Nations players. We're all, you know, very much focused on the next couple of game weeks. We're worried about blank game week 18, but sooner, you know, before we know it, we will be in January. And I think it's game week 21 to 24 will be impacted by those two international competitions. So the old school manager I have for the YouTube viewers, you'll see my scribbles. Um, <laughs> for the audio listeners, I'll go through this. There's a very good article actually on the Scout website, which goes through how these competitions will impact the Premier League teams. But just to note, everybody knows about Salah, Son and Mbumo, who are in a lot of teams already. But be careful if you're thinking about buying, you know, any of the following players. You know, Kudus, who's been doing well recently, Huang at Wolves, you've got Adingra Matoma, Tommy Asu, Kabori, who's on a lot of benches, uh, Eight Nuri, who picked up an injury recently, Wissa, you've got Semenyo, who's performing well at Bournemouth, Nicholas Jackson and Onana at Manchester United. So the key here is don't arrive in January with, you know, five, six, seven players who will be heading away to international competition. So each transfer you make for the next couple of weeks, ask yourself, are they going to be useful to me in January or are they going to be a transfer out? So again, this is a cautious episode. So another reason to be cautious. Yeah, it's been uh, yeah, sort of on the it's on the been on the radar for the editorial guys for quite some time. They did their first article on it in in the summer um, because yeah, they're just that they're that uh, diligent in their preparation for a campaign for sure. So yeah, we, certainly the article you mentioned there is a really useful way of sort of it lines up all of the different match weeks within those tournaments with the game weeks um, because they they do sort of differ. You know, the situation for the Asian Cup players is slightly different for the African Cup of Nations one. I think the African Cup of Nations one doesn't quite affect FPL as much as we would expect only because of where some of the rounds kind of sit with FA Cup in effect. Um, it's still going to have some impact uh, and the Asian Cup as well is, is also going to have some impact. But um, you also have to kind of, if you want to go, I mean, if you, if you need something, <laughs> this is a game week, you probably don't have time for it specifically, but definitely make plans to have a look at those players, but also look at who they play for, which nations they play for. Because someone like Salah, you're going to expect him to be away for much longer because Egypt has some very good AFCON pedigree, um, whereas perhaps some of the other names we've mentioned might be able to come home a little bit sooner. Um, it's worth saying that there, I think there might be a fantasy game for AFCON as well, and especially in January, being a lot of uh, FA Cup on. It could be quite fun to do. We're going to see if we can maybe get some video content for AFCON fantasy as well if people are looking for another game to play. And that actually might help you <laughs> to be aware of what's going on with the African players, especially um, in that tournament. So, yeah, it's definitely worth um, thinking about. My, my question actually um, to yourself, Mark, about what this might mean for the fantasy landscape is the, the, the timing of this is perhaps useful for, dare we say, casual managers who don't usually save their wild card. The second one, that is, for... Um, for the for the March April kind of chip season, uh, it might also be useful for people like me and you. We're going to play that wild card later on because, do basically my question is, do you expect there to end up actually being some wild cards that end up having to be played because people look at their team and have five or six sort of off on their travels in international tournaments? Yeah, I, I definitely do because even if you only own the usual suspects, you know your Salas, your Sons, and your Mbimos, if you throw in a bench like mine on top of that, which I'm sure some people will have come January time, it's going to be tricky. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of temptation to wildcard to fix things or to at least navigate it more easily. So I think that's why it's good to mention it now that people can prepare in advance to then hopefully not need to wildcard in January because you really do want to probably keep that for, you know, chip season. March and April, as you say, to to try and you know maximize that that part of the season. So yeah, prepare now so that the second wild card can be can be kept for longer. 
And also, for those of you who still have your first wild card, which might genuinely be just me and Mark at this point, I, I'm sure I know there's a few others of you out there. Let us know in the chat if you still got it. Um, just kind of harking back to my team in terms of my just like sheer determination to stay the course, even if things are looking awful now, wild carding in 19 to get as close as possible to that second wild card window so that my team can also take into consideration this particular order. Um, it's going to be easier to mitigate against AFCON and the Asian Cup with a game week 19 wildcard than it is with a game week 15 one. So it's just another sort of, you know, checkbox on that. Do I hold the wildcard? Yes, um, I think. so. Yeah. yeah, and I'm hoping, again, I'm hoping that patience from myself and yourself will give us that little bit of an advantage at that period, you know, that, that we will be able to set up better to, you know, be able to deal with players like Salah and Bimol even. If we, you know, if we want to keep them, we might be able to set up a wildcard score where we can just bench them, which, you know, will save us, you know, a transfer in and a transfer out or, or vice versa. So yeah, it's again, it's another, it's another plus point to, to hold the wildcard if we can. Mm, absolutely. Right, let's move on to our final order this week, which is much simpler. And it, of course, uh, involves, uh, well, we have already talked about Salah, but Let's forget January for this order. Sheffield United this week. So what's order number three? Very simple. Captain Salah. It's it's uh, even for me to say that it takes a lot because I've been on Haaland 13 out of 14 game weeks now and he's and he's done quite well. Um, but yeah, it's I said it. I remember the there was a week where I captained Haaland against Arsenal, I think it was, when Son played Luton. And I got away with it because I don't think Son delivered that week. But... This is a, feels like a similar week to me where Haaland's away to Aston Villa, who are having a very good season, and Salah plays Sheffield United, who are one of the worst Premier League teams we've ever seen. If you lose 5-0 to Burnley, something is definitely very wrong. So for me, uh, I, I remember saying that time when I captained Haaland over Son that if this happened again, where there was a player with a much better fixture, I'm going to be more open to going away from Haaland and that's what I'm going to do. I think most people in the game will will be thinking the same anyway this week, but I just wanted to put it in as an order. Again, uh, we said earlier, don't overthink Dubravka and we did, but I think on Salah, this is when you definitely don't need to overthink and I would I would captain them against the Blades this week. Yeah, it's, not, it's nice sometimes just to have something you don't have to think about. I mean, the worst weeks are when the captaincy is difficult, the transfers are difficult, um, the benching is difficult. Um, this one's quite an easy one. And I mean, I was just trying to look at my team and it's like, is there anyone I'd really consider um, captaining uh, over? Um, not really, because I just think the Aston Villa game, I think, I, I don't know, I just kind of feel like people will uh, expect a bit more from Haaland than they're going to get. Um, there's a possibility that Aston Villa do a job on Man City. Like, that's just completely possible. But yeah, you're right. Sheffield United, I mean, wow. I'd... I, I, I don't really know what else is to say about them. I mean, as you say, 5-0 at Burnley. Burnley have been so bad at home. Or rather, I haven't watched them 90 minutes, so I don't want to necessarily upset Burnley fans who've watched them play good football at Turf Moor and still lose. What I mean is they've been bad at getting results. So to get a 5-0 um, says it all, really. So, yeah. Nice easy and on the on the Haaland one as well, if, if, if you're going to go against them, it feels, feels like an okay week to do so because of the fixture, but also no Rodri and no Grealish. And Doku might miss out as well. So they're, they're missing a few, especially I I like Grealish a lot more for Haaland in terms of chance creation. So he's suspended. So there's, you know, Jack's not going to be landing balls on his head, which he's very good at. And Rodri obviously makes that team tick. So I'm actually really looking forward to that game because 
the way Aston Villa have been playing, this is a real test for them. Uh, and, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they if they get something from that game. So that's that's certainly one to watch this week. Mm, absolutely. Def- as you said, definitely makes the Salah decision uh, much easier, which is helpful in a week when the turnaround uh, is so quick. And uh, I have to say, it's actually been a lot of fun kind of recording this. I want to say a little bit on the fly because we haven't had the time to digest that information. You know, and... Um, you know, hopefully watching us kind of go through these little processes uh, helps you guys kind of channel the same emotions as you come out of game week 14 and go straight into 15. So uh, as much as it's sort of kind of all hands on deck at Scout right now, and uh, I've got messages flying in from people sorting out their videos and stuff like that, um, I do enjoy the buzz. It is it is quite cool. Um, and yeah, we've got more of it to come in the rest of December, haven't we? Yeah, I was I was putting in a few uh, Christmas presents orders this morning before we <laughs> recorded. Um, and I need to go and see if I can cancel my... I was going to order some Martin Dubravka pajamas for myself for Christmas. So I see if I can go in and cancel that before it goes through. Oh no! Oh, and 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 it's so annoying when the when that happened after the Black Friday deals. You could have at the very least made that order for a little bit cheaper. Um, oh. But alas, was not to be. Wow. <laughs> we'll we'll make note of that. We might see if we can get that in the Fantasy Football Scout merch store. Um, just to, another shout out, fantasyfootballmerch.co.uk. Head there if you want some merch. We can't promise there'll be Dubravka pajamas or my dad T-shirts just yet. Maybe in the future. Um, we will see. Um, what we do have still, though, of course, is a seven-day free trial for Fantasy Football Scout membership and 20% off the uh, uh, price of all the different packages if you decide to sign up for one of those premium memberships. And yeah, as Praz said, the, uh, the, the long-term strategy here, the helicopter view of Scout membership is do it now because then with the seven-day free trial, you do get to um, have two game weeks uh, having a look at the match data, um, live as it comes in but then also uh, kind of assessing how the tables shift you can, you can have a look at some of the tables that you build or some of the ones that are out that people have built already for the last four and then you can see how they update as the game week goes through into Saturday and you can really get a, a fantastic f- a feel for how kind of using that as a companion to a lot of your decisions works on a kind of game week game week by game week uh, basis so now is a fantastic time for that so don't forget to do that in terms of other things uh, for you guys to do you still got jobs to do if you haven't liked this video hit the like button and it really helps support the channel when it's completely free uh, and subscribe as well and hit that bell notification we've had a lot of new viewers recently because we've had managed to get a few of our videos onto twitter and that's drawn people into uh, the youtube channel what we really want to do is keep you around subscribe to the channel and then it means we know that we're bringing you the content that you want and we're bringing it to you exactly when you need it as well with that bell notification you'll always get told when we've got a new video so those three things very very important for your fantasy team as well um, I don't have anything else to add. I appreciate that was a lot of housekeeping there, uh, Mark, unless you've got some some admin to pass on to the troops. No, as always, it's just a very best of luck for the midweek action. Don't miss the early deadline, 6pm UK time, and we will talk to you all on the other side. Yeah, we will see you next time. So with that, we will leave you fine, folks, to enjoy the rest of your quick turnaround, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye.